Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. back for another week of the fifth and last NRL podcast and again we say it just about every single week there's never a dull moment in rugby league and that was certainly the case on the weekend for Magic Round Boxhead. It was just a crazy weekend mate. Mate some people said it was Magic Round because the referees made so many players disappear. Sure. It's so true. It was a mixed bag uh, obviously <laughs> the reaction on Friday night a lot of people were quite disappointed and angry. I think Saturday things were a little more balanced, but there was still a little bit of confusion over a couple of decisions. And then by Sunday, I think everyone had a pretty good idea of what was coming if uh, some of those collisions or head highs were to happen. And we had two and two games, which realistically uh, decided both games very, very early. But yeah, things were certainly interesting. So I guess we jump straight into what we do every single week with our set of six, six topics, opinions, Anything we want to talk about, most importantly, I guess, is exactly what resulted from the weekend in Tackle 1 with the edict on no contact with the head. And the commission apparently pushed this two weeks ago. The referees didn't follow up hard enough from it. Then last week, we obviously had those couple of moments in the Parramatta game in particular where things weren't actioned. Uh, and then we come into this weekend hearing that you know it was announced the week before, but it wasn't really pressed by the referees and they were going to hmm. push that edict, then we certainly got it on the weekend in terms of penalties, suspensions, sin bins and send-offs to just a completely different level. And Boxhead on this topic, I don't even know where to start. There's been multiple opinions from coaches. There was players that have tweeted. There's players that have spoke afterwards. There's been a whole range and variety of opinions, but I guess the initial reaction was a lot of anger from fans. Yeah, I, I don't think it was done. Uh, I don't think what is being done or what the goal or the the strategy behind this is is not wrong. The way that it was done was wrong. It was whenever you've got to communicate an edict and say, "Oh, we're gonna we're moving in this direction," I I think it just highlights your incompetency in enforcing those rules in the first place. So that's the first thing that I think we've got wrong. The second part of it is it's halfway through a season. Again. They had all pre-season to work through this and to look at data and to take concussion seriously and, and all these things that they've spoken about. It should have been done in the pre-season. And that would have given the clubs time to lower tackling, um, the tackle target, fixed tackle technique, all that sort of stuff. 
you're never going to understand accountability around the rules or whether they're going to, there is going to be accountability until you hit the field and the referees go, well, you're sent off, you're 10 in the bin, right? But I, I just, I've got a big problem with how we officiate and how we change rules and how we change the integrity of the competition. Like last year, it was the six again. The I, hate, I hate the six again rule. This year, it's the, now it's this, 10 weeks in, all of a sudden, you know, <clears throat> blokes like Lachlan Burr are getting 10 in the bin for something that last week wouldn't have even been a penalty. The, the two send-offs, <clears throat> I think it was two send-offs or was there three? Three two, send-offs. Three. Who were the three send-offs? Simbin's 25 reports. The three send-offs, I think, were right. They were the Essie, uh Fui Maiono, and Papali. I thought they were all clear yep. send-offs. I, I had no issue with them. Some of the sin-binnings, though, I thought were nitpicky. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, and I just, I just felt like as soon as you say to the referees, oh, here you go, here's an edict, they fucking take a mile. I kind of, I, 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 on the opposite, feel bad for the refs because the edict was handed down. Yeah, but it's like they've got to fucking over officiate, and we've got to, we've got to be on this, we've got to be on that, and much like, yeah, all of a sudden they're like, well, this is it's contact to the head, it's forceful, it's deliberate, you're off. It's like, yeah, all these things have been happening in the weeks gone by. Like, as Andrew Abdo and um, Peter Valandis have said over the weekend, like these aren't new rules, so no. well, why weren't yeah. they being applied to this discretion for the you know for however long? That they've been in power, like I, I get that, but they've all, like I also still feel sorry both ways, like you're saying, for players, coaches, teams <laughs> mid-season to change rules is the whole point of, like you said, legitimacy of the comp, moving the goalposts, what you work on in your pre-season, what are your focus areas, what you're trying to work on and build to move the goalposts again, and you know multiple well, changes. They'll, they'll adapt. They the, will. the clubs will adapt, bro. I'm not saying the clubs can't adapt. I don't want people to listen no, and go, oh. Adapt. Look, you fucking whinge it, like, just fix it. Like, no, they, they, they will fix they it. They will, but it's not going to be instant. It, correct. And I think, again, we're going to have games, unfortunately, I think, <laughs> in the short term, and more worryingly, and that was brought up yesterday in a lot of talk shows and today, and I, I honestly turned most of it off today because for the first time in a long time, I'm generally the one sitting here going, I'll watch it regardless, I'll push my way through. I struggled on the weekend, in all honesty. I really did. I've struggled all year. Um, I really did struggle to watch some games. Because the fabric of the game that I know and that I like, like I, the six again, to, I just fucking hate the six again. I, I really do. I just think it it gives referees an opportunity just to fucking nitpick and get the twiddle their hand and without really having accountability over what the infringement is. You know, like in the competitions that I'm coaching in at the moment, a lot of the six agains are given because players are complaining and you just have teams, particularly in yardage, when they're coming out of trouble, yeah. they get two or three blokes in behind the play of the ball just bitching and moaning so, about the rock speed. Yeah, like, constantly, yeah. It just becomes a contest on how much you can bitch and moan to the referee before you get a yeah. six again. Like, the NRL, I don't think it's got... It's that bad, but I just, no. I just don't like it. Like, I don't like how many things can be given as a six again. Like, if it's a deliberate tactic to slow down, hand on the ball, all that sort of stuff, I can, I can live with it. But I'd like to see us bring back some of the penalties... Uh, but the, and that's just my opinion. Mm. I, I just don't like it. Well, there's been variation of reactions. Like we said, a lot said, you know, we have to stick with it. We can understand where they're going with it. Um, We're talking about the tuck, the tackle stuff. Yeah, some yeah, of I don't the know coaches, some of the players. I'll, I'll get on with it. More in particular, the younger players were very, very <clears> vocal. <throat> then you had a couple of the senior guys come out and say they're supporting it and they're for their long term health and player welfare. You got coaches like Ricky Stewart. That again, I don't agree with Ricky Stewart in a lot of ways, but I'd agree with him in some senses that our game is not for everybody. And we've spoken about it before in the past with Greenberg and former uh, administrations and trying to cater too much 
to, you know, we need to get these people on board. We need to get these people on the outside. We're at the same time sort of pushing away from a lot of the rusted on fans that we had. There needs to be a balance there, obviously, mm-hmm. and boosting junior participation and all that. But also on that argument, you know, I agree more probably on Gus Gould is the one who's pushed this the whole time. If you can't separate an elite competition from the junior side of things, you, I think you're kidding yourself. To think that just could, you know, no, no, that's the that's the impression they get. That's what they say on TV, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, I get that, but that's elite athletes. That's the zero point zero zero something percent that is going back to under twenties camp when I'm at Canberra and you went into a room with two hundred plus players and they tell you that five of you will play first grade, most of you won't play more than twenty games out of that whole amount. Like to even get to that point is hard enough. But to say. You know, it's if it's all based off that and it's all based off pleasing, you're going to keep diluting and changing and throwing things in the mix. You are going to affect the product. You are going to push people away. You, you might bring in some new. <laughs> I hope it achieves the long term goal of what they're going for. And I understand on the flip side of it, uh, the other saying of doctors and lawyers: we're moving into that generation. We've got plenty of evidence. We know about CT. We know about head traumas. We know the results later on in life: neurological problems, depression, anxiety, anger psychosis, dementia, like it has onsets and lead-ins to many other things. So I completely understand that side of it and possibilities if they don't safeguard things and try and change. But just, it also, it's just such a knock-on effect. And one of those things that you like to say, the bubble on the carpet. We had the bubble on the carpet with six against because we wanted to speed the game up. And then we had the issue where we're starting to go, well, is that causing more injuries? because of fatigue and our injury rates have gone up and the numbers have been starting to be proven. I think they said last week compared to the year before that it was a, high, a much higher percentage. And again, not saying it was all just because of fatigue. There's obviously contact issues. But now we've gone to this side of things where you're taking players off the field, some of them willy-nilly with things like you said a couple of weeks ago, it wouldn't have even been a penalty. So then you're leaving the team short. You're introducing even more fatigue, more risk, more ch- uh, chance of poor decisions, poor tackling, poor technique. And at the same time, then we're rewinding mid-game a lot of times on the weekend, which gave me the shit more than anything, like the Chad Townsend situation or the ones where they come back for plays. You stop, you watch everything, you slow it down, and you're just undoing the effect of what you were trying to get and having the six agains and trying to build fatigue and speed of the game. Mm. So the bubble in the carpet, as we say, stomping one thing to, to get another. Like, Which way do we want it? We want it one way or do we want it the other? I just, I don't get it. And getting rid of scrums you know at the start I'm like okay but I like attacking scrums and the Sharks play at the back end of the game on the weekend <laughs> another one of those situations like where for me I again it probably dilutes it again but to me in the attacking half you should be able to choose if you want the scrum or the play ball because I love attacking players off the scrums and I I know the scrum's not what it used to be but again just another one of those changes that have been made play the balls for everything six agains like you said I think have become more pedantic at the start, I could kind of get the idea of it. But if you're going to start introducing all these other factors again, there's knock-on effects that push in all different directions. And then from a game perspective... Yeah, well, more things fall under the banner of a six again than what they do is for a penalty is my yeah. issue. And also, like we've talked about before, and they're going, oh, how do we stop the play? One thing, we'll bin more people. Well, again, like it's just another knock-on effect of the game. Like Maybe inside 20, you can get a penalty, a normal penalty. I know that adds another layer to it, but... You get punished in yardage for being held yeah, but down. Yeah, but that's, I would then go back to that being a penalty. Mm. And that's my whole point about attacking scrums. Why not in your own half and in attacking half, defensive that we already complicated because if you, things enough. Because as the team coming out who's under pressure you want the and getting fucking bashed yeah. and someone lays on deliberately, mm. 
to ensure that you get bashed on the next play. That's the point. Like you're talking about you've player welfare, you're, you're actually encouraging yeah. players to lay on so they can bash the fuck out of you on the next play. And we've talked about scrums and the disadvantage now <coughs> as the attacking team or the one coming out of yardage if it gets put into touch. A play the ball is a set line, 13, five aside, like your 5-5 five, five split, your two markers, your fullback. Essentially, that first carry, you're getting murdered. If you don't go wide or three pass or try to get with a thin or come up with something innovative, you just get whacked. The extra tackle doesn't make a difference, so we've had a knock-on effect there. There's been effects from all rules and all different parts that they've introduced to the game. But my bigger thing, again, out of a lot of this and what everyone's <laughs> talking about and changing techniques and we don't reward low tackles, we don't reward this and that, is anyone talking about the other side of the ball? Nine times out of ten for me, I think most of the concussions happen to the defender. Like Jake Friend and Boyd Corner, they're talking about their concussion history the last couple of days, and look at players like that. Half of Jake Friend's head knocks were from defending. From low tackles. He's not running the ball. Yeah. He's not a front row that's taking 15, 20 carries a game. He's not <clears> an <throat> edge back row getting 10. He's not a yardage winger getting 20 carries a game or a fullback who's making multiple on-ball efforts. As a hooker, he might duck out two or three times, <clears throat> push into the line, have a couple of scoots, but he's making 40, 50 tackles. Most of his are coming from head in the wrong spot, bump, late change of directions, like all these other things that we just don't seem to be accounting for. It all seems to be intuitive, again, to attack, 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 not defence. Mm. And the other thing I'm not buying, the point of contact, like everyone's saying, well, Rugby Union has this and AFL has that. Like AFL, you can only wrap under the shoulders, above the waist. You shepherd off the ball. Yes, they have those things go wrong where you see a punch you hit every now and then, but like for the most part, it's all to do with the torso and they're not targeting ball, they're wrapping. You've got Rugby Union where the ruck line or the onside is where the point of the ball is to start with. If they're doing a short dish to a forward or a prop or even a backline movement, generally the maximum separation is 10 metres, yeah. 5 metres, 1 metre, much less room for error, 15 <clears throat> players on the field, less spacing either side, <clears throat> much easier to narrow your focus on what you're doing. And they're also going in lower to contact. We are 20 metres apart with more spacing, more speed, more fatigue being introduced to the game, and we've sped things up unpredictable athletes and you know it yourself how many times in your life were you wrong footed desperate making a bad tackle buckled that like I just there's a lot of things that don't stack up for me mm. and I'm all for player welfare and the head injury so all that kind of stuff but yeah I just we, don't like the fact we've got a shotgun out when we, we should have just we yeah. gradually built to this point we've literally <laughs> almost like I said for me all, everything's about attack 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 and we're like cricket we're losing like cricket you look at test cricket that's the traditional and I, I guess still, yeah, like it's the traditional style of game. It's mm. like rugby league's moving from test cricket to T twenty. We want everything fast and points, and people going, "Oh, well, there was big scores, but it was entertaining." Like, it was not entertaining. Mm. I'm not seeing the content. Like it proves the point what I've kind of said a little bit before, which again, I, I don't like the facts highlighting that the best teams are that much better, and these rules and how the game is played and these sort of punishments and technique and discipline, like it all plays into it even more again when you introduce more strings <clears> to play. <throat> that it's being a betterment for those teams who all won significantly well on the weekend yeah, or got the job done. But at the same time, similar to what you're saying, from even, I haven't been alive as long, I haven't watched as much football, but it the game does feel like it's moving even away from what I have grown up with, even with those slight changes. Yeah. And we're maybe going too far that way. I think <clears throat> a lot of the set, the send-offs were warranted. Majority of the sin bins or penalties were okay, but... It's the, the little ones where I like, like saying the defensive side of the ball. Lachlan Burr, James Tedesco runs that short step kind of squat down, change direction, get low. It's he's very awkward to tackle. Yeah. But he almost loses his feet, borderline trips over, and 
your, your target level, like you, that's something you just can't account for all the time. Accidents will happen. People are saying, well, accidents can't happen. You can't touch the head. Try saving efforts. Coming across the field, like, you've got to try and get the ball. A lot of the time, if you go near the ball, you're going to be around the chest or the head or the neck. Like, there's going to be cases where you're going to slip up and make contact. It's, it's impossible to avoid it. Yeah. And again, when we talk of point of contact, which gave me the shits more than it yesterday, <clears throat> go, well, rugby union and this team and that team, we're not the same game. We're not even close. Yeah, we're not. You're playing off an advantage line or a play mark, which can be one meter apart from a ruck, five meters apart, 10 meters apart. We are 20 meters apart. We're a high impact sport. Like, and then just, yeah, tackle technique. You, you're bringing so much more to this now where all we've done and what we've grown up with and what we've been probably involved with coaching or reps and what you've come through now was you don't tackle that. You don't put your head in behind the bum, squeeze the legs together, fall down like you did before. You don't, you know, chop at the ankles and get time to east-west and or turn them sideways and get yourself back to play one. You catch, you hit the ball. The second man tries to hit high two. If you can dominate, knock him clean off his feet. If not, you get control. You control the player. Third man comes in and helps. And with the athletes getting bigger, faster, stronger, more agile, dynamic in the way they play the game, getting harder to control, that's what's led to these techniques coming in. Mm-hmm. But to say that suddenly go away from that and low tackles to fix it and reward that, like, mate, I've, I have struggled coming through with lower tackles more than I did hitting the chest or hitting the ball. And I'd probably find, again, on the other side of the ball, we're not taking into account, I don't think they've taken into account enough, the amount of concussions or head knocks that happen on the opposite side of the football. <clears throat> we've yep. seemed to base everything on attack. Everything's on attack. <clears throat> well, I think we've just completely neglected defense. Yeah. I really do. <clears throat> Let's just see how it plays out the next few weeks, but... <clears throat> Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> we've exhausted that point. Let's move on. I don't know. But what did you think about some of the coaches' points? I, anyone... yeah, I, yeah, I thought Trent Robinson made a lot of sense. I thought Wayne Bennett made a lot of sense. They're probably the two that I thought, yep, I get it. Barrett and Stewart, I think, were both just frustrated. Yeah, Todd Payton was pretty blunt as well in his assessment that he felt sorry for the fans and the way the game's going and... Um, there, yeah, there was. Lots I think you need there. to look at who lost and who won, mm-hmm. and take that into consideration as well. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't really care what the coaches think. I, I don't think what the coaches think now should matter. They should have been consulted. They should have been part of a process. Yeah, that got to this and point. The whether they were the or whether they weren't, I don't know. But once once they've been consulted and a decision has been made, it shouldn't matter what the coaches think because they've been a part of the process yeah. that's reached the final outcome. I don't know whether that process, they've been included in that. If they haven't been, then they probably should have been, particularly in the way that it was implemented because there has to be you know, a bit of a duty of care to the players, to their training, to the programs. You know, as much as Abdom and Valandis have said, oh, it's not about yeah. winning. Well, it is about winning. It is about winning. For them, it's about winning. That's their job. Yeah, and the players. And, <clears throat> and the they'd say, oh, and... it's only a game. Yeah, it is only a game, but yeah. it's their livelihood and their job. Millions so, of dollars, sponsorship, premieres, best yeah, players. And that doesn't override player welfare, which no. is the point that they're trying to make, which is true. But they make money but they off still the need to. As well. Yeah, and then, now all I hear is, well, the coaches that responded quickly are going to get a competitive advantage. Well, it should have been that this was given out on November 1. So you get a pre And you work out who does it the best, which is coaching. Hmm. 
and then given them a competitive advantage. If you're talking about player welfare, it would have been much more practical yeah, to, do to it. give them more time to adjust in order to better prevent well, the welfare now. of everybody. This is what I mean on the defensive side of things. If you care about their welfare, you would spring <laughs> this shit 10 rounds into the competition. Yeah. Where but most they have. people so we're have not on. spent any time practicing lower targeted tackles for years. We, I, I don't remember the last time, even in my time playing, and I finished up 10 years ago with my knees and my shoulder, that we worked on low tackling, besides when you're blading and a bloke's at least then stagnant or been stopped with the two high tackles. Yeah. And like the Maguire tackle, you bounced off the ball. Yeah, the arm was a bit out. Like, but like, there's some things that are just way over the top. And you're going to ruin so many games and have this thing go sideways. Mm-hmm. And the amount of blowouts on top with the sin bins or games that were gone in the first half was just ridiculous. Um, a few, like I said, a few of the send ups I'm not going to argue with, but just the whole overall way things played out the weekend. I'd like to think that that was making a point. And maybe some of those more questionable ones or accidents are reeled back in this weekend and we see a penalty in a report, not constant sin binnings. And that, that is, 10 minutes is a huge effect on the result. The send-off, rightly so. But the the overuse of the sin bin after we said they didn't use it for ones that were bad enough in the past to suddenly now anything with the heads, basically you're going to sit for 10. Way too big an outcome. And again, who, can you even imagine Origin 1 with all that testosterone... <clears throat> The crowd, that environment, that environment. There's going to be. Yeah, but origin hasn't been origin for a little while. I get that, but it still <laughs> has another level to it, another gear. We saw punches for Christ's sake last year, and everyone loved it, and they got sent to the bin. Like this year, if anything gets out of hand with the way they have the rules, and they're going to have to adjudicate it that way, mm. where it was always the talk that oh, it's refereed differently. Well, clearly not if we're pushing the player welfare line. But again, we'll see. I see like the flip side where they go. It's all about player welfare. Well, player welfare would have been more notice a pre-season to implement these changes and not thrown out in round 10 of the competition yeah. on one of your biggest weekends. So, could keep going on about it, but uh, we'll pull up there. And there's probably some things, but everyone's had so many opinions, like I said, coaches, players, people on our page, back and forth. But overall, um, I guess, yeah, I just think that there's so many more things you can talk about and knock-on effects, but as you usually say, the bubble and the carpet. I'm interested to see the next few weeks how this plays out and how quickly people adjust and if they push... <laughs> the line is hard from a refereeing point of view. Uh, tackle two, magic round in general. Loved Second it. one. Uh, Loved o- it. Over I want to go. Yeah, 100%. Over 130,000, I think they said, through the gates over the three days, up to 20-something million generated, 20,000-something interstate visitors that have came in. Obviously, uh, the little precinct around the stadium looked very good. There were stalls and festivals and music and all sorts of stuff going on. It looked absolutely amazing. And the idea has been floated that over the next few years, that when the Brisbane contract goes, that they move it around. I think Toby Rudolph came up with the idea that why don't we have two of these a year, like space them out and I agree. I think you should always have spots. one in Brisbane. So Brisbane, be Brisbane, the, whether whether people in Sydney and where you know two that live in Sydney and in, in the you know this area where we've got man. nine clubs within you know yeah. fifty kilometres of each other. Um, you just the Queensland they're mad like they love it they attend the weather's better it we'd be mad to move it away from Brisbane well, I'd have point. it in Brisbane until Brisbane tell the NRL through shit attendance yeah that they they're over it a bit like we're but I'd be milking something. milking that cow as much as I possibly could yeah I think you should they should move maybe when it's on the timing of it. I like like round ten, but what I'm saying to maybe keep interest. I don't know whether we, 
You just certainly don't want it during Origin. No. But, I've... you know, could we maybe one year kick it off, kick off the season with Magic Round? Could we, you know, maybe finish our last round with Magic Round? I, I, I'm just throwing up ideas on how to keep it fresh and new. I love the idea of having two. I'd have one rotate and have one. I'd just one keep in one Brisbane. in Brisbane. I think the bigger point they brought Well, maybe up. just say, right, the one in Brisbane is always round 10. Yeah. And, and then think... the other one maybe is first to the last round. I don't know. The, the thing I like about it is if you've got two... It means that everyone loses a home and away game. That's yeah. it. And it's fair. And I think the other thing they need to do better, they build the schedule, obviously, a certain way for the year. And, you know, as we know, some people get more top eight sides, some get less, depending on what you did the year before, etc. But this round in particular, they need to schedule better. This is one where you should be putting rivalry games on. I looked at the draw on the weekend, and obviously part of it comes down to how teams are doing that weekend, but there it's was no <clears throat> real games there that I looked at and thought, this is a purpose-built clash this has got some sort of history to it it was a bit all right this is where it landed this year when we did our schedule oh that's week 10 this is magic ground like mm. imagine having broncos cowboys friday night on magic ground i think that'd be nuts like a uh, storm manly yeah roosters rabbits. clash or roosters bunnies on a sunday like if you had one of those i agree with day, that i think i, like I think need we need to get to a better. point as a game where you go righto it's it is that that needs to be a knockout it's, punch it's Roosters, every night. Rabbitohs, it's yeah, Broncos, Cowboys. What's your prime time game? Three nights in a row. Yeah. Roosters, Bunnies, <clears> you can <throat> have Storm come up against somebody. Paramanly. Paramanly, like those sort of games. Like you need to come up with something there. Brisbane and Cowboys, Friday night. Head to head, like something like that just for your feature prime time games to bring in your absolute most viewers. And then around what's left over again, there's still other alternatives there or matchups. That are well, you could have gone Penrith, Melbourne. Grand final arena. And there's Parramatta. Like, there's options for multiple spots there. Yeah, power of dogs, however way you want to do it. But Sharks, dragons. Just more thought into yeah. how you do that round in particular. I'd love also maybe one year for him to do Indigenous round and maybe take it to, um, you know, some dense Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander populations and, and, you know, maybe in the Northern Territory or, you know, maybe in Townsville. I think there's a there's an opportunity there to... Um, have it within demographics that support our game so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that'd be a really good thing to incorporate it with maybe, <clears throat> yeah, Indigenous round or... Well, it's much like what we've talked about you know, with the country maybe, rugby league. Maybe having... retro, retro round. Or, I don't know, just, yeah, mix it up. And hmm. <clears throat> The good thing is we're, we're thinking outside the box. Like, yeah. the game's got scope and, and I think they're the other... doing these things, which we weren't. Oh, I think, I, I think it'd be supported at ANZ Stadium. I reckon... I reckon it would too in Sydney, but I think they're, one of the points they made the other day, this time of year in Brisbane, weather-wise, so much better than yeah, Sydney. I, said so that, yeah. I, I think Perth would be an option. I think late in the season in Sydney, like come It'd be better Septem- uh, sort of late August, September, well, we always comment at City to Surf, which is the August, usually the first weekend in August you start to get that spring weather. Because mm. when they mentioned uh, <laughs> Auckland or New Zealand, some were saying, well, if you get over there and it's rainy and wet, and you're playing it sort of this time of year. Obviously, not from New Zealand, so anyone can let me know. Uh, if you were going to have it like the nines in any of those spots, what the weather's like this time of year. But most were comparing the Brisbane situation going weather-wise, it's ideal perfect. for this time of year. Yeah, perfect. Um, Perth would probably be a similar situation. But so would Melbourne. Would yeah. it get the same sort of following if you took it there every 12 months? If you moved it to a Melbourne, it'd be a bit colder, but would <laughs> that get the buzz or generate that sort of crowd? Like, I don't know if there's as much <clears throat> scope to move it. I can understand wanting to move it, but it'd have to be on a regular rotation if you were going to float it. Whereas Brisbane, like you said, you know... Every year, I think what you're going to get. Yeah, definitely. But magic round overall, um, despite some of the blowouts. Great concept, and we definitely do need to get on board 
hopefully next year we can figure something out. Yeah. Um, now that things are back. Well, think about like the and you know back to my point like the Aboriginal knockout when they have that when all the teams come and they travel and they have that big carnival like there's no reason why they couldn't do that for Magic Round. <clears throat> yeah, it's a good idea. And have them in all their Indigenous jerseys and <clears throat> I reckon it'd be pretty cool. <clears throat> Ideas, mate. They're flowing. Maybe we should get in contact with the heads of the game, mate. Well, they know where we are. Classic. We've been contributing to the game for almost ten years now. The answer is a point. And not earning a not earning a dollar from it. So the least <laughs> I could do is listen. Well, tackle three. A uh, <clears throat> couple of these ones probably not as long to move on, but these are more ones that come from me for the weekend. Again, the numbers that I've already mentioned from numbers of injuries being heightened this year compared to others now on top of being compounded by suspensions and the crackdown 25 reports on the weekend 24 charges and I don't know the exact number what I saw before but obviously the Dragons were heavily hit the Raiders multiple so that you know there's just extra players you've chucked on top multiple injuries again from the weekend and we're talking before about wanting to showcase your product or getting your rep football or wanting to have your your best case scenario like I understand wanting to punish players, but you're taking some of your best players out of your showpieces by being so heavy. Mm. And I think it goes back to more the model that we were talking about. If you want to make people learn, hit the hip pocket harder. If you're a Josh Papali who smoked Katara in the face from that technique, which, you know, if he's a little bit lower, would have cut him in half straight through the chest. He obviously dipped a little bit as well. And that's what we're talking about, the situation between defender and attacker, where sometimes you get it wrong just on movement and last minute changes. But up to five weeks he was facing. He took the three-week plea. He's going to miss Origin 1. He would have been one of the guys you'd probably see playing for Queensland. What happens if in the next few weeks things go wrong and we wipe five or six guys out of Origin? You're taking away again from your own product. And I get, again, it's player welfare and it's not about winning. But again, if the ratings drop down and welfare, uh, sorry, sponsorship and wealth of the game and everything started heading the other direction, they'd be asking why. Like there's, You've got to find a balance here. Mm. So in that same situation that like we've talked about before, I think they're going to have to get to a situation where the fine system gets heavier and it just escalates Agreed. if you yeah. can't get this wrong. Because we can't... We've already had things increase with the changes in a rapid amount of time injury-wise, but if now we're going to heap suspensions on top of it, teams are already begging the NRL for exemptions and to get players in. It's, Should be sending our best players out for things that are not intentional. No. <clears throat> or they're again, not serious. This weekend, we're... Hit him in the pocket. We're not even halfway yet. We're getting closer to halfway and we've had that many exemptions to already get players in through injury and suspension. Yeah. Which is crazy. So something needs to be done in that regard or looked at, that's for sure. Uh, <coughs> we got... Well, I had one here which we both already covered for tackle four which was those rules and the knock-on effect and the thought of what would happen in an origin or a finals game, or a green final, and just... I only just had it in my head. Like, Well, that's you, where you're going to get it tested. Could you like, imagine... Is the integrity sign-up? of the rule is not valid until you do it in a big game? Mm. <clears throat> like, could you imagine last year's grand final, or this year's grand final coming somewhere early on, with all that testosterone and amped up, 80,000 screaming fans, shoots off the line, guy wrong foots him, just reaction spur of the moment, sticks an arm out, chins someone who gets back to their feet, but they look at the replay and say, yep, that was, you know... Blatant contact with the head, it was forceful. They do absolutely everything to not send someone off. You'd see a lot of simbins, I reckon. And that's the real worry that I just like, are they going to follow? And you'd lose the this? integrity of the, the rules. Mm. So, Which is going to happen. That's going to happen. That's whether, what, whether people like it or not, Origins in our big test. marquee games, they're, they're not going to apply it as what they would as if it was Melbourne Dragons and on a Sunday Arvo. 
whether you like it or not. Like that's yeah. just and that was the big one I had in my head. I'm like, ten minutes in, if someone gets it, a Herman SSA style. Well, we do. That's been the game for years. Doesn't matter what the rule is. Yeah. Or a Josh Papali, like. Yeah, they we, they always. Are we going to have someone sent off? Could you imagine a grand final ten minutes in? And I'm not saying it'd be right or wrong with the way the rules are applied, but just imagine a game with the way we were on the weekend, where a momentary thing where a ten minute spin bin or a couple of spin bins just throws the result completely wide. Well, look, I think if the Papali one happened in the first duck of the game, he'd be set off. <clears throat> it's happened in test matches. Think about the Adrian Morley one on Robbie Kearns where he just hit him flush on the draw. I remember that one. That was a send-off, send yep. off, I think, after 10 seconds. So, We've had them. <clears throat> just a little bit of thought that I had. Like Again, they're talking about round-to-round and the adjustments, but I thought those big games where there's a lot more on the line, a lot more emotion, a lot more can go wrong, and the stakes are higher and things are amped up a little bit and... Some people do lose their heads. Like in one of those moments, are we going to see this same sort of action? Yeah. So something to look forward, uh, look on to. Tackle five, one for me that stood out of the weekend, just more something uh, I really enjoyed seeing. I don't know if you saw it, the moment between Brad Arthur and his son. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Parrot had a video of when he come back into the sheds and he was just... Yeah, he's in tears. An absolute it was, wreck. And I yeah, thought, that, that's awesome. Like there's not many situations, like obviously Ivan, Nathan, etc., but... You know, his son goes out, plays a really good game, solid as a rock, holds his own. Like, he's, he's fresh 18. He's a big, long bean pole, And at the back end of the game, gets to crash over. He goes off in the box. But that moment, just looked out and thought, that's awesome. Mm. Father, son, like I've said on here before, between me and you, we never unfortunately got to play together because we were a couple of years apart and we both got injured. But moments where we've had those, obviously, a lot lesser. But <clears throat> the guys we coached at our local club or winning games like that or those sort of moments with family or friends, like they're things to be cherished. But yeah. Like father, son, at the club that you've done all your junior coaching through and come up through the grades, and he's come through as well. And I'm sure he sits there with his dad every single week and probably yep. does extra video and has been the ball boy and been the tea boy of all people, um, you know, to ha- come in <clears throat> and play for you. But in that circumstance, in that round, in that game, and the moment he got, uh, I'm <clears throat> sure he was just absolutely elated. So, yeah, it was outstanding. Really, Fantastic. Uh, really enjoyed watching that. And, to finish off, tackle six. We've talked plenty the last few weeks about different clubs and where they're at and reviews and all that, but the Newcastle situation this week, just, again, we've, we've talked about Canberra. We've talked about the Bulldogs. We've talked about the Broncos. We've talked about Cronulla and all, all the bits and bobs that have been going on around all these clubs and the Cowboys before they started getting results. Yeah, I think now it was more, Newcastle. I'd, I'd more draw a, conclu- uh, a comparison between this and Todd Payton. Start of the, year. Mm, the comments. Uh... <clears throat> they weren't. They certainly aren't comments that I would have made. No. As a coach, because you've started to place a wedge between you, you and the and playing the group. group. Yep. Um, I found it interesting as well, and bringing up, you know, it's going to come down to recruitment. I'm like, well, did he not come out in the last day or so and say that he got it wrong, and there were some things that he shouldn't have said? I, don't, I again, there's a lot to watch or something around work, and that I have. Yeah, I, I agree. At, at the time, when I sort of heard it, I thought, well, you've had really good juniors pushed through the system. You've made some marquee signings. You've just had another off-season where you've got another marquee signing. So there's got to be some accountability held in you know different areas of the club, but it can't just all be the players. Yeah, A lot of it, again, I've said before that you know the issue clearly wasn't <clears> just <throat> someone like Nathan Brown. There's got to be some players there, but uh, there, there, there's, there's a lot that needs to be looked at, clearly at Newcastle but I'm, I'm more like you I look at that situation and think the halftime blobs the throwing of the book he's been pretty blunt in a lot of what he's had to say and he's a fairly emotional person but if you keep pushing that line if you keep throwing those punches I think you'll end up in a situation where 
on the opposite side where Nathan Brown might have been more friendly with the group and that still didn't work in his favour. If you're too far the other way, that can separate you from the group even quicker and put you on the outside. But they only just extended him. And I, I'm not saying he needs to go anywhere, but I just still think he needs to probably get his emotions in check sometimes before he heads into press conferences because he goes in fairly hyped. Old uh, Adam, maybe he needs to do a bit of a Bellamy and let more go in the box before he heads downstairs. And yeah. Have a bit of a shadow box or something. I, I, I don't know the answer for him, but it's uh, certainly interesting. And surprise, Well, that's pressure. Surprise. That's pressure. They throw up a review today, starting all the way with the German football and Danny Badiris to the medical departments, this, that and the other. And Fox finds a way to a real Seabold into the story again because he's been brought in late as a consultant and on, on the team there that maybe it's a Seabold effect. So good one, Fox. You're doing great work as always. Find a way yeah. to lay the boot into a bloke who's, you know, fifth assistant or someone on board. He's suddenly involved in the coaching of Newcastle and the downfall. Yeah. Excellent. Let's forget. Agendas. Yeah. Classic. But if you're a Knights fan, I'm sure you're frustrated. And I'm frustrated for you. But I'm also... Yeah. But they've had... How many games yeah. has Ponga played? How also, many games has Pierce played? Exactly. Don't want to make excuses for him, but... Their yeah. middle is not playing as well as what it should be. No. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. The, the, I don't know, man. I, you know if, I mean? if this is if they've got full cattle and they're playing like this, like alarm bells are huge around. issues, huge issues. But yeah, I guess a little more got excuses there. A little more consistency and resilience would probably make the fans feel a little bit better. The fans when their players are missing, if they saw a little bit more effort from some of their key players in mm. times of hardship for the team. I agree. Like he, in what he's like, there needs to be a response. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Like you said, they. Blokes are on contract, they're up for contract. Like, if you want to keep playing, you want to spot the team or you want to play in first grade, you, you need to react. You need to deliver something. So, uh, I guess keep our eyes on Newcastle and hopefully get some truth about the next few weeks. But, yeah. That wraps up the set of six for this week. Moving on now to our power rankings brought to you by, you know who, the Penrith Solar Centre. If you want to know what's worse than seeing your team cop the wooden spoon this season, it will be getting slapped with a rising power bill that puts you on edge more than an origin decider. Penrith Solar Centre are Western Sydney's leading solar specialists who help local families take control over their bills. Let the sun work for you, your home, and your back pocket. Contact them today on 1820-2930 so you can be the real winner with your bills this season. Or visit the website www.penrithsolar.com.au for Jake and the crew. Number one, Penrith Panthers. Yeah. Self-explanatory. Ten in a row. Great start to the season. Big, big win on the weekend. Probably should have gone up a little bit more once a man got put in the bin. But again, oh, it's pretty. Uh, yeah. Probably pretty hard to stay focused when you're already up 30 zip before a guy goes in the bin. They scored uh, 12 points while yeah. they were down. A things bit. got a little bit off track. <laughs> uh, Storm, number two. Yeah. Regardless of troops missing again on the weekend, I know the send-off made a big difference to the result, but there was some serious power not on the field. And then Papenau's getting knocked out early and still yep. find a way to get the win. Uh, Parramatta I've got it three yep I'm with you another good win uh, again Patchy got away from what they did well the Warriors had some chance at the back end but sealed the deal and got the job done number four Souths yep still just inconsistencies Patches in play like it's about 20 zip and then that game to turn into a contest you you wonder why Wayne Bennett says every week we don't play for 80 minutes and we need to be more ruthless and by the back end of the year hopefully they do find that because if they're going to come in and out of games in those patches as we've seen in the Melbourne game if the Roosters are to get healthy or keep developing for where they are or against the Panthers, if this is the sort of football they're going to play, they're not going to play in the grand final. No, they're not. Plain and simple. <clears throat> um, and I know they're still missing players, but other teams are missing players and still being a lot more consistent across the 80 minutes. Yeah. That's for sure. 
Number five, the Roosters. I don't care yep, who's here. missing for them. They just keep chugging along. They're a clear top um, five. Those five, yeah. clear. I reckon we've now got a clear top six. Yeah, number six is Manly. Yep, uh, I'm with you. The five wins out of the six, obviously the one against Panthers was closer than probably thought. But again, I didn't think, you know, that was... I didn't think they were as close as what some people made out. I know the score was that way, but I didn't think Penrith were great. I think an intercept try, try off the goalpost. They weren't great against Penrith, but they certainly kept themselves in that contest. But... There's that group of five, and then there's Manly, and then after that, flip a coin. We still have six all the way down to 12th separated by only two points. We've got those teams that have all beaten each other on different weeks and different score lines. If you're basing on a head-to-head tomorrow, or who's got the better roster, I'd still say Canberra, but Canberra obviously not delivering even close to where they should be, and now they've got suspension problems. You've got the Cowboys that have got some wins and been more consistent the last few weeks, but against lesser opponents and started poorly on the weekend, but sort of come good. You've got the Warriors that have seemed to be in every single game, had lots of injuries and changes as well, but they're up and down like a fiddler's elbow. So uh, Then you've got the Dragons, who are still in the eight because of their wins that they've racked up. Showed a lot of fight considering the situation on the weekend, but again, do I really think they're a top <coughs> eight side? I, I don't know, but in this current competition, <coughs> that glut of teams need to figure out who's going to be seventh and eighth because I think the six yeah, is pretty I, much... I've got the Dragons at seven. I left them at seven. Uh, At eight, right? Put your own team in there. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, well, again, there's that glut of teams. I, I'd Raiders, probably, Titans, Warriors, I'd Knights, say Warriors Cowboys. or Cowboys would be the one of the two that I'd flip a coin between. If they played tomorrow, I'd probably take the Warriors. But again, week to week proposition uh, on a lot of those teams and full cattle. I go Raiders. Yeah, I'm said the same thing on play and where they're at right, right now, now. I'd probably, I'd probably go the Cowboys. So, but I, you know. Yeah, again, uh, realistically for now, for me, <coughs> outside that six, it's almost making up the numbers. And even from there, between Roosters, Manly or so, I still think Penrith and Storm at this early point, what they've shown are the two clear-cut teams, mm. if you're going to tear things off. But, yeah. There's your power rankings brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre. And jump into the reviews of the games from the weekend. Uh, I don't think a lot of these are going to need some explanation, but... Tigers up against the Newcastle Knights, 36-18. These two must be passing the hot and cold tablets back and forth because yeah. it seems that one week one team plays well, the other one plays poorly and vice versa. And this week, Tigers after coming out and having a good game. Uh, sorry, Newcastle had a crack the week before and Tigers obviously uh, didn't have the, the greatest... Oh, they, sorry, they got a win of the week before. I'm completely confused myself here. But either way, they've both been hot and cold. They've come out and just laid an absolute duck egg the Knights on the weekend. The well, Tigers. Knights beat the Raiders a week before, and the Titans beat the Tigers. Yeah. So the hot and cold kind of pattern between the two. Um, Newcastle. Well, the Tigers moved Dewey. They flipped Dewey and, and Bayer. I thought it straightened them up. Mm. And oh. Newcastle just had no defensive resilience. No, and they started flat. They got rolled through the middle. Errors, missed tackles, penalties. Yeah. Just can't apply pressure. I've blown away. <clears throat> and again, I also think the move, and we've talked about this most weeks, when you look at the centres, like you've got Jet, Leilua, They've had Talao play there. They've had other guys kind of fill in. All their centres defensively have been ordinary. Dewey's played that position. He played well there for South. He defends well as a six. And Bayer, one of the strengths I can give to him, regardless of what position he plays, is he defends well for his size. So they tightened up that edge. They both brought a little bit more creativity. You've got Laurie at the back, so I think there was extra help there, along with the forward pack pushing forward, a little rolling out. Brooks had one of his better games with a bit more help on the back end. But Dewey was outstanding. Mm. Forward pack, like we said, uh, laid a platform, did a good job. And 
they blew them out. Like at one point there, I think it was thirty six four before a couple of <coughs> late tries by Newcastle, but they were consolation. It was junk points by that point. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, it errors, was yeah easy win to the Tigers. Errors, missed tackles, and a lack of effort. It was too late. There's only a few guys you could really sort of wrap up. Like I think Frizzell copped a bit of a knock from a few on the week. Like I don't think Frizzell's been terrible, but I think his attitude's starting to fit in. <coughs> With where the team's going. I thought he was one of the better players to yeah. start things it's off. It's hard to criticise the guys on the edges. Mm. I think Barnett was good. Again, again, a couple of errors. But I will say one thing from every week. If you're coaching, you can't say he doesn't try. The guy, he passes too much. He does try to pass for too much. Too much. Run. I will say the effort's always there at least. Yeah. So, and they're lacking effort in that. Watson, to me, needs to play more minutes. I think he's got more of an impact, especially while you're missing halves. And that's the other thing that's evident. Without Ponga, Pierce, and when you've got Man, who's more a natural runner... Phoenix is still finding his way. All the pressures on Brayley to create everything that done me half but without a platform. How do you do that? You can't. You can't. So, Move on. Uh, disappointing, but busted up. Manly Broncos <clears throat> fifty to six. Like again, really. Move on. People brought up the sin bins and the situation they got into. Was it twenty eight six before the biddings happened? Brisbane were pathetic. Like Coates, I hope his hands get better at Melbourne, and I'm sure they will. But six errors. Pungai Junior, six or seven misses, like multiple spots they got picked apart. Like it's what we've talked about a million times, and I'll say it again. As soon as they concede points or the pressure goes on, they just concede in bunches. Yeah. They can't get themselves out of the hole. As soon as you put one hole in the boat, they're running around dropping the old spork and putting more holes in the boat. And they just can't seem to fix it. So uh I don't have a whole lot of good to say on the flip side of that. Manly <clears throat> Cherry Evans set the tone early on with the kicking game. Tom, obviously, off the back of it, dynamic. And again, the reaction from their forward pack. Paseca, Tapia's found best form after starting the year awfully. Dominant, great short pass, getting more out of Kepi. Schuster's brought that dynamic, like we said again. Good defender, good ball runner, extra set of hands to help out Foreign. And when he went off, Cust was introduced, and I think it's the perfect environment for Cust. When you've got two sort of dominant players, and he's an effort and running style player, brings more that energy and intent that you would have got from Akira and Foreign running-wise probably 10 years ago, before he had so many injuries, so... They've got a probably an interesting situation <laughs> this week with four and out with that hand. Uh, I haven't seen the lineups yet. I'm Brisbane assuming. also they concede at certain parts of the half. It's always around the fifteen minute mark. Yeah. So they conceded three tries in fifteen minutes from the fifteenth to the thirtieth minute in the first half. Then in the second half, they conceded three tries in five minutes yeah. from the fifteen minute mark to the 20 minute mark they had the, the two half. sin bins after that so the 52nd minute was Reiki and Gamble they were down to 11 they just got shredded um, and again but that's again that, like during that period yeah that's six tries but so and many that's usually that that's that area between when you rotate your middle forwards as well yeah so it, maybe it is a fatigue issue maybe it's a, a middle combination issue it's, yeah it's hard to know and but there yeah. is a bit of a trend there. Just think again. You look at Manly right now, and there's been a lot of positive flow once again from Tom. Obviously, comes back in. He's got an outstanding. They play Parra this week. Then we'll yeah, we're getting we're another really gauge on like the Penrith game. I, I thought they were great against Penrith. Mm. So we're going to get a good gauge again this weekend mm. against a good side. Mm. Um, but yeah, all the positives. And again, I don't think Foran has been great in this little run. He's been doing his job. But if anything the option to move Schuster in the position that he's naturally played coming through. I obviously think better long-term is him playing on the edge where he is because he's mm. so big and destructive. But if Sirian's back, which I don't know yet, they've got an option to put him in the back row and move Schuster in. You've got Cust, who I think naturally is the best fit for that job. 
now that they've got Cherry Evans and Tommy handling things for the majority. And the forward pack going forward is free up Croker. Croker looks much more comfortable at nine now that he's got some room to be a bit more creative because he's naturally a half. He's not a hooker. Um, so they've got some options there in between those guys and back row spot, which is a good thing to have. And also, like we said before, Saab's been unlocked by the good work of their middles and having Tom and Gary <coughs> the edges. Morgan Harper coming through was generally a great defensive centre, but it's more in that old school mould that we spoke about last week is not so much a strike centre. He can run the football, but he's excellent at setting his winger up, creating two-on-ones, getting to the outside, passing. He's been a revelation for them as well. Mm. So you can only say good things about the football they've been playing. Uh, Dogs Canberra, this was a low game. Very low game. Low game, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the second half when they had the comeback because I just didn't expect it. But this was one of the only close games of the weekend, despite the the quality of the game that kind of got me in. I, I watched those sin bins in the send off and thought, oh, I can only feel Ricky rage coming right now. I enjoyed all the Saturday games. Yeah, well, I enjoyed the Cowboys. Probably games because well, I was but... doing nothing and drinking cans of beer. Excellent. <clears throat> uh, yeah, to lose. Jack White and Josh Papali go down to 11, concede a try, and you're thinking, oh, here we go. I can only wait for the press conference, the words to come out of his mouth, the, all the stories that are going to come flying out of this, and somehow the Bulldogs, if you didn't think it could get any worse after <laughs> some positives, get back to 12 and then concede twice with an extra man. Mm. Both similar kind of play, shifting across, not probably working hard enough from the inside, getting to two centres. One was an ice clean hole from Chris, and the Curtis Scott one just should have happened. No. Got outside his man, threw a fan, should have been shown the sideline by defenders on the inside, didn't get enough help and just goes into the corner. So to think in five minutes when you're shorter, man, that you could just go bang, bang and score two easy tries on both edges was like, we had some Dogs fans in a conversation that we're in and I know a few people as well that were obviously very unhappy um, with the situation, but. Yeah, I uh, definitely thought when a player gets sent off and another gets sim and you get down 11 and you take the lead, you have to go on and win. I don't care where you're at roster-wise, situation-wise, you have to win that game. So for Canberra, I thought it could have sparked something for their season, but obviously we see the knock-on effect now that uh, Papali, obviously three weeks, takes the guilty plea. Jack, that was just a brain snap to go in at the legs, staying it like that. That was just silly. And the Josh Hodgson one, we want to talk about uh, people giving it to Melbourne. There <coughs> hasn't been much said about the old armbar. He went no. full-blown UFC champion. Jiu-Jitsu. The arm that was carrying They started it. Yeah, of course. If that was Melbourne who did those three tackles, we wouldn't have the end of it this week. But again, because it's Ricky and Paul, the Paul, they started it. They just, yeah, no mention of that. But I thought Hodgson handled the, the situation. The and wrestling Jiu-Jitsu tactics that of the Melbourne That arm was a knock-on effect from when Cameron Smith touched Josh <laughs> Hodgson. He pushed it. He passed it through his skin. And he just <laughs> decided that he needed to break out in Jiu-Jitsu. Armbar. Fucking jiu-jitsu. They're watching some Ronda Rousey clips, trying to think, how can you bust an arm? He's got some problems. I thought, um, given what he's had to hear the last few weeks and deal with, and the rumours swirling around his situation and having an effect on the team, giving up the captaincy, he came on and made a difference. But that tackle was ordinary. (laughs) Very ordinary. Like, he was stripping for the ball, the arm got changed clearly, and then he was literally... just dumb. ...just hanging off the arm. So now they're in a situation where off that result and maybe finding a bit of spark in between all of them and get behind one another and taking some confidence over a huge game against Melbourne this week, they're going to be without probably the three key players that you want on the field. Correct. Papali, White and Hodgson. So find themselves in eighth position after having a terrible run, which again proves the point, like we've said, that you can lose games at the moment with that glut being so close, but are now heading into the storm with, yeah, their three best players probably not playing. For the Bulldogs, I don't even know what to say. 
I really don't. <laughs> oh, where, where to from here? Thompson, despite almost having his arm torn out of the, the socket, I thought was, again, one of the standouts. Hopper had a few good moments. Dallin's effort's always there. Like, there's some guys like Wakeham, they hammered in defence, but I thought Nataki wasn't that bad. Created a couple of line break assists, but obviously when you're that size, you're probably going to get peppered. But um, I guess we'll see later on if he's made any more changes. But he's riding the old roller coaster, Baz. It's looking very much uh, the facials of the back end of Manly. I'm not saying he's in the result of what's going to happen at the end of the year, but he's looking very much like the man that was uh, quite frustrated and uh, riding the emotional roller coaster of coaching. Correct. So, yeah, not great. <clears throat> Roosters, oh, sorry, South Cronulla. When it got to 20s it, you thought, this could be anything. They've turned up this week. Reynolds has come back in. Benji sprinkling a bit of magic. <laughs> Colin the Tungy trial was way too soft. Things were happening way too easily for Souths. And you, this could be a cricket score. Yeah. Um, right on half time to concede. I'm sure Wayne would have been disappointed. Cronulla come back out, find a bit of spark. Souths can't get out of their own way. Missing tackles, penalties, errors. Just a bit like we've talked about again and what he's been frustrated with. They're, they think they're better than what they are. They don't play consistently for those kind of patches. They drift in and out of games. And Cronulla gave them a skin. Yeah. A legitimate scare. Like when Fafita comes on, gets that bomb, gives it to Woods. Kennedy obviously had some really good moments again. Tracy, these kind of guys that have just been busting their ass and making an effort regardless of the, the situation. Got them to 2016. Uh, and then it all come undone with one moment, which again is the worst part of what I said from the weekend that I hated, was going back three plays to pin Chad Townsend when you've let basically a whole set unfold, mm. which then I'm pretty sure it was the set after Jair scores the try and the game's over. Um <laughs> That for Cronulla, I guess if you're a fan of Cronulla, it's good to see some fight, finally, after some disappointing weeks. But if you're a South fan, again, you're probably filthy after a game like last week that you get out to a 20 nil lead and you don't go on with it and put yourself in that situation. But I guess they both have to take the positive in the end. They, they found a way to win the game of football. Cronulla showed some signs of life, but you need to see that carry into this week. And I'm sure they'll want to against the St. George side, which is heavily affected with suspensions and injuries now. So... Um, some little signs, like you said. The, the same old players again. Uh, Kennedy thought Moylan wasn't too bad when he came off the bench late. Rudolph and a couple of those guys, they just always bust their ass. But, um, yeah, south side of things, they, they just need to find more consistency. Latrell comes back this weekend, which will put Cody naturally back in the halves, which is definitely a good thing. What that means for Benji and the role he plays, would they consider pushing him out uh, into the outside backs to keep him on the field, put him back to the bench? I don't know. They obviously have Braden Burns return last week, Tane Milne on a wing. Uh, he's been good in the job that he's done, I guess, but probably not a bad thing to have that utility value back on the bench. Yeah, I'd flip him back to the bench. So, you know, for South, you'd be expecting a market improvement, hopefully, this week, getting back somebody like the trail, and they're going to need to be because they're playing Penrith. So we talk about those patches are going to come up against elite sides. Penrith are going to need to be up as well, and it's going to be hard to be up when you've won 10 in a row. Mm. Um, but... They would have this game circled, though, the Panthers. This is one of those ones, again, where I'm I reckon they've been looking at it. Like Melbourne, that you go... Tim Dubbo. If you have these patches, you could get towed up. Yeah. Hopefully we see a response uh, against an elite opponent. So we'll wait and see what we get out of South Sydney. Roosters, Cowboys, 30-16. to 16. Again, another one of these games that a poor start was too much to reel back in, which seems to be a common theme a lot of the time with these rules, where that momentum early in the game, teams can just run away with it and... Cowboys started flat. Roosters just went all through them like a hot carry. Tupo on the board, Ikevalu on the board. Walker got one back inside with the Tedesco play. Uh, did a good job getting themselves upfield. Cowboys couldn't get out of their own way again. Errors, penalties early on in the game. 
goal kicking definitely made a difference with Sam Walker struggling with the boot to keep things uh, a bit closer in range. Crichton gets that fourth try. Like they've only got an 18-point lead because they only kicked one goal. And the Sid bin to Tupanua, as we saw across the weekend, the point of difference again in the game. As soon as he went to the bin, drink water, struck a few times there, had a hand a couple of times. Jarvis Bowen gets himself over the line. Holmes having a, a much better impression on games now after getting some more reps at fullback and starting to play better football. Pulled themselves back within <coughs> that sort of range and had themselves well in the game. And again, uh, the Lachlan Bird decision, which is baffling for most people that have watched rugby league in their life, realistically is the one that puts things out of reach. Hmm. Where he goes to the bin for Tedesco doing that sort of stutter step, getting lower into contact and borderline slipping. Um, cops a bit of bump in the face where you know he passes his HIA or passed his on-field assessment and it looks a lot worse than what it is but you, you have that sin bin and that, that's game over. Yeah, They get those couple of tries again afterwards and march on to another win but I just thought that uh, not it, it sort of ruined it as a contest. Really. Because yes <clears throat> it's, it's a penalty but I, that's not a sin bin. As soon as you get a sin bin there yeah, agree. when you're within range you've lit, as soon as a try happens or something happens you take all the air out of the room so up until that point, I thought the fight back was good. The game was half decent after their slow start. Obviously, the Sinbin helped them, but that ended it as a contest again once that moment hit. So, um, for the Cowboys, I guess, again, some okay signs and some disappointment, but more importantly, you're seeing market improvement from uh, Valentine Holmes. Drinkwater had some moments, still needs to be better defensively and coming in and out of games because when he's on, he's outstanding. Robson's definitely a brighter spark now after a bit of a slower start. He's been really, really good. Last few weeks, generating out the ruck, getting himself out and about, and obviously having talent all that back helps. But for the Roosters, same old customers. Tedesco responded in kind with a, a huge game. Crichton, he's the easy number one pick for the first back row for New South Wales. I think Rhea Hargrave's done a good job. And your Tupo's of the world again. A guy that doesn't get talked about, 21 carries, 210 metres, doubled it up in trial. Like, his yardage work, and he's just safe, saves the houses. Yeah. Um, Walker was okay in this one again. <coughs> um, but for them, I guess, just extra reps and development. Liam came back in. He was okay. You always know defensively he's going to be good, but yeah. um, another combination which you had to mix up. But, yeah, result for the Roosters regardless. Eels Warriors, again, start kills you. 24-0 after 20 minutes. Um, just got jumped. Need I say more. You start like that. You can't hold the football. They were like two from six, <coughs> completing at about 19% at one point. All the field, possession territory, you're under fatigue, you've got no ball, all you're doing is defending, you're going to crack. And none summed up more than Regan Campbell-Gillard getting a double. When a front row scores a double in the first 20 minutes, you're going up shit creek without a paddle and you're not helping yourself. Yeah. Um, they didn't know if it was a left or a right, but they couldn't get out of their own way. They were getting hit with both barrels and most of it self-inflicted. Parramatta, though, again, full credit to them, played direct. Busted yeah, that was, con- that was the concerning part for the Warriors and disappointing, I bet, for Nathan Brown. They played through them. Yeah, way too easily. <laughs> Moses got on the back of the forward pack. Brown, uh, offload. Paula, Campbell Gillard, RCG, like, yeah. yeah, it was really, really soft and concerned to start off with, and didn't take a whole lot of effort. They're getting help, obviously, again from Marnie out of dummy half, being much better around the ruck this year. Gutherson helping out with Arthur being there and him doing his job to help out Moses. But uh, second half, when they pulled themselves back into some sorts and got Walsh on the field and brought a bit more attack, I thought again that they were coming hard. They busted him up a bit. They got some second phase. Tavunga come on. He made a difference. Murdoch Basilla, I think, proved to be a pretty good buy so far. Walsh's impact on the game, outstanding. I, I, 
I get again moving forward that Rogers not going to be there, so he's probably got Nick Ariba and Tavita Harris, who I really think, especially defensively, Tavita Harris outstanding as a half is his combination and being able to get Walsh at one or at six or whatever. You need to find a way to have him on the field. Walsh can't be on the bench. There's no way. The, his impact in that short space of time, the 34 minutes, multiple line breaks, scored a try. So like every time he touched the football, dynamic. That loose kick that got put in at the back end, he's come through, scraped, picked up, threw a dummy, skipped away. Like he, every touch for an 18-year-old, he's quality. He's... Yeah, I don't know what you got to do. The the two wingers right now, he's got Ken on one wing. He obviously has Fussy Tua, who was missing. I can't think off the top of my head who was on the other side of the field for the Warriors. He had Rocco Berry, who's been playing the centres. Uh, they pushed Cozy out. I, I need to spark my memory here. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Barry got pushed to the wing this week with Aitken coming back in to play with Pompey. I know he's got a big future and they've just re-signed him. But <coughs> I'm sorry, I, Roger and Walsh are just one and two and playing both those roles. Agree. In kick return, you want Roger on the wing side of things like they did with the Roosters coming out of yardage. But in good ball, I want both those guys floating in and out of the game. And even in the second half, Roger was coming in from the wing more to the centre spot or almost the half spot. And him and Walsh were being deployed both sides of the field, getting their hands on the football, using their footwork, like just unleash both of them. Yeah. Don't don't pigeonhole one on the bench. Don't wait for the game to be gone before you ask for the reaction. Because when he came on, to think the impact he had, and I know 30 minutes is a big difference and they were coasting, but he needs to be on the field. It's, it's too much to give away to have him on there. And I think there's some guys there that have shown some good time. Adam Pompey to me is a huge improver this year. Second phase, ability to break tackles. He was big at the back end there. But they just couldn't execute. They kept coming up with four poor fifth play options or some of their scramble plays. They just couldn't stick that last pass. But they gave some Parramatta some issues at the back end. But um, conceded those couple of tries late again. Put them to sleep. So, unfortunate. Yeah. Um, their start just... Yeah, 24 zip. Like we said in these rules, like you can you can peg it back. But again, when you That's chase... That's half did Parramatta take the yes, yeah, yeah. foot off the pedal or... But I was still at the end when they had those chances and they were coming after him. Like they just could not get the fifth tackle option right. Yeah. They could not execute the last pass. Fifty-eight percent of possession also of Parramatta, which it's a stack. Like that's going to kill you. Yeah, it's always going to kill you. And, and manly game going back to about possession. I think they were like the Roosters the other week, the other night. <laughs> I think they said they had sixty-six percent or sixty-four percent of the ball in that manly game. So you have that much possession, you you have to win. Yeah, and win handily. But um, Warriors just. Got to get those starts better. Getting a couple of guys back on board, like we said. Find a way to get Walsh in the mix. That has to happen. And I think they'll be better for it. Parramatta, another win. Again, checking out a little bit in the second half. Or was it the Warriors? I don't know. But uh, they tick along. And the half the moment to finish the game was obviously, like we said, great to see crash over and Dad's reaction to the box. And then obviously that little insight after the game. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Moses, Campbell Gillard, a lot of those guys were good. Their forward pack was good again. Madison back for a few weeks now. Brown back in the mix. So... 
good for Parramatta heading to a huge clash with Manly this week. Storm Dragons, 44-18. <coughs> this game was over the moment. Corey <coughs> Moana KO'd Pappenhausen. Uh, Essentially, yeah. When they went into it, we said like Munster. Probably it was over before that. All the spying guys were missing. It was a good opportunity if they got themselves into the game. But Maguire gets binned for one that I thought bounced up off the ball. I thought that was a bit harsh. The technique wasn't great because the guy stepped outside. But still, when it hits the ball first, then cranks up. Like <coughs> That's what we're talking about. Those things are going to happen. Yeah. Um, but the moment Fuamano come up and put Pappenhausen asleep and got sent off, in the effort and the intention and the football they played afterwards to shift edge to edge and move around, Good on them. I thought they really had a red-hot crack given the hand they were dealt. Um, but what a nightmare result for them in the end. Like Sims got done for a hip drop. Maguire not only gets pinned for the head high, but later on, I think he got smoothies legs. And he's now torn his PCL. I don't know if that was Tarek's one. So he got pinned for the hip drop as well. <coughs> Dufty got collected in a great tackle. One of those unfortunate ones where your arms get wrapped and you land directly on your shoulder. Yeah. So he's got an AC joint and he was making a huge impact when that was short, just with his speed, getting to that edge that we were talking about last year, where for Melbourne, Penrith refused to attack the combination of Fox and Olam. Like, they can get a bit out of sync at times. Olam's very aggressive. Fox likes to sometimes jump in and think he can use his speed to recover. Ravalawa got him three times. Twice off Dufty, once when they went down the short side. But um, I think the biggest story out of this one is Pappenhausen obviously will recover. Melbourne didn't have a lot of their good players. Hines absolutely shone and put himself further in the, in the shop front window for some teams out there because he's off contract. But for the Dragons, it's, it's not only the chaos, I guess, in the result of losing those players, but the injury suspensions to come from it. I think they're missing 12 total from their top 30. Mm. So for this week, like today they announced the signing of Gerard Beale, who went into retirement. So that they're after troops. Mm. And I'm pretty sure we might see one or two exemptions this week or a bit of a reshuffle, but... Um, yeah, it, it was a real rough weekend for them. But effort-wise, to score some tries and stay in the game, and I thought they defended you know, very well. That late try they scored off Kerr was a corker, and they offload back into Ramsey. Corey Norman, your goal-kicking, thank you very much. <coughs> had, had the 24-and-a-half start and <laughs> missed the kick on full-time where I thought, I'm on here. And then my partner walks through him and goes, oh, he's a left-footer kicking from the left side. Don't you say that's a bad thing? I was like, oh, you, you didn't say that. And yeah. sure enough, left foot, pulls it across the face. Should have been winning by half a point. Yeah. And I went down. So down, down, down. So there you go. Uh, for Melbourne, another win. Despite those players missing, Fox with another hat-trick. Forward pack good. Offloads from Welch, Felice, those kind of guys. Really good. And Hines, uh, outstanding. But yeah, for the Dragons, I guess the toll... Suspension injury-wise, biggest thing to take out of it, despite the effort from their team, but not a great result. Panthers-Titans, I didn't even watch this game. I got called into work. I turned the radio on. I heard the score and thought, okay, I don't know if I'm going to watch this when I get home. Then I heard the send-off before half-time, and then, like you said, in the second half with the send-off, they didn't really score that many points, but I'm sure you would have seen some of this game. Yeah, <clears throat> it was rubbish. Thoughts to prior to the Sinbin? The Titans is it the same old problems defensively? Yeah. Just no resilience to bet twenty four to thirty nil before they just the Sinbin. Like I saw that some of the replays in the clearing charge, that was just soft. Soft. Like guys arm tackle like not even getting in front, like yeah. basic fundamentals. So I, I don't even need to watch the game to know 
what's going on there. But again, against some of the lower teams or teams around them or under them, they have no problem attacking. They can come up with points. They can generate points. But defensively, they've got huge problems. But you take those issues defensively, especially into those games, forget your attack. You're not going to get the ball back. Yeah. Or you're always going to be playing off the back foot or chasing the scoreboard, which will lead to errors, which will lead to more defending. And right now, if they're not willing to defend, they're not going to make the eight. Plain and simple. They're not playing finals footy. The situation, again, where this glut of teams is obviously affording them an opportunity to correct it week in, week in, like a lot of these teams, but the penny's got to drop sooner or later. <coughs> it's come origin time, even with them being in this position, they've got two walk-up starts for Queensland. Mm. So they're not going to be in any better position where if Tino and Fafita are not playing. Brimson's a possibility for the utility spot. If you take those three guys out and possibly even Moe Fotiaka, if they put him on the bench again, Titans have struggled through the origin period. And it's highly likely, not... 50-50 or maybe, two of those guys are guarantees. Mm. One's almost 80% chance, depending on whether they go with him, Ponga, then the utility spot, do they want Hunt or a Brimson? I guess something for them to decide there, but he'll definitely be considered. And then you've got Mo, who was in the forward rotation last year. Collins is out this year, which is a guy who's a critical part there. Someone's going to have to be in that rotation. He may be there. So mm. if those four are not there during Origin, they need to start finding some results. Yeah. Um, and this week, who have they got? Bulldogs. you got the Bulldogs. So this has to be a win. Again, yeah. we say it for everybody, but with the up and down and a couple of shakings from some better teams, this has to be a win. Yeah. A bit like the Tigers. And now four and six, so... Got to. <clears throat> but Someone's going to have to go on a run and get to that you know, 50-50 type record. Yeah, well, the Pinnacle. Got got finals, that's where you're going to have to be or, or near enough uh, to it. Yeah. I'm 100% with you. What have they got here? they got... Uh, Dog Sharks, two games they really need to win. Into Storm, Roosters, Manly, Canberra, Para. And those are all around this, the origin. Is it a great run? Then Dragons, Dogs, Cowboys, and then they finish with South, Storm, Knights, Warriors. Yeah. So they don't, they don't have an easy run. Rough finish, and you get some of the better teams during the origin. How period. many wins have we got? We've we got four. Four. Realistically, They've got to go dog sharks, get themselves back to six and six. Yeah. And then Origin's going to hurt. Because... And then you run into Storm, Roosters, Manly, Raiders. Well, round by 13. Para. Round 13's the first Origin effective <clears throat> game, I think. Or 14. So if you play Storm minus your Origin players, three, it's probably not going to be any better. Five. It's five games. They could lose five straight with a bye. Ouch. But yeah, we'll see. Nice. If you want to play finals, you've got to beat those teams. Simple as that. 100%. So. But they again, need to improve significantly because at the moment they're they're a bottom four side with a little, based on their defence. With the only little bits I saw on the highlights, it's pretty clear again that this was another one of the group efforts led by the forward pack. Fisher Harris outstanding. Cleary obviously stamped himself out of the game. Yeah. Edwards has been great since he's come back and they're just ticking along. Huge game this week against yeah, South. Yeah, they had one eye on South in the second half, I reckon. Yeah, pulled things up a little bit. But uh, that wraps up the reviews of the games from the weekend. Into our tips some bets and our previews brought to you by bluebet.com.au there is no better bet than a true blue Aussie bookie in bluebet get on the website or download the app today from the app store bluebet support them because they support us and our charity bears of hope unfortunately not a winner again on the weekend no so we've lost two in a row after grabbing a winner we need to get back on the bandwagon so the balance still sits at 296 need need to get some more cash in the kitty there so hopefully we can uh, rustle up the winner this week. Tips last week, you got seven, I got six, Gossip got six, and Roasty 
15. He got seven, so the leaderboard. Gossip and Roast, 58. You, 57. I'm lingering on 55. So I had another stab in the dart last week on the Warriors, which is another one that's just getting me. Just what you did, I've mate. had a few lashes in the dark this year, mate, with games I thought there could be an upset and it's come back to bite me square on the ass, mate. Plain and simple. Got to stop thinking about the upset and just tip logically. Or I'm just going to have to poke myself in the eyes. But, yeah. Alrighty. Got to get some lineups here, which unfortunately... Uh, I haven't done so yet, but the first game, Cowboys-Newcastle to kick things off on a Thursday night. And for the Cowboys, Cohen has failed his HIA, so he's out this week. Tommy Gilbert, <coughs> he comes in the start at prop, and the new player on the bench is debutant, Helen Lukey, who will make his debut from the bench. He's a young back rower who will probably get used as the middle. He's one of the guys pushing through the system. They've got some good young guys coming through, so good on him. And along with Gilbert, we've seen Condor in the last few weeks as well. Definitely uh, a big influence on getting some of these new guys into the system, which was needed a couple of years ago, really. Mm. They sort of held on to some of the grand final heroes for too long. For the Newcastle Knights, there's only one change from last week with Heimel Hunt out. He's hurt his hamstring again. Braden Musgrove's back in his spot. Caelan Ponga still remains sidelined. And looking here, he's not even named in the 21. So, <clears throat> uh, oof, that's a tough situation. So... Still no Pierce, still no Ponga. Texoy's in at fullback. Musgrove's back on the wing. Up at North Queensland after a tight loss last week. They definitely need to respond, but Cowboys up there. I'm going to go the Cowboys. Cowboys. Even with Hesse out, I think the effort's been better. <laughs> You're at least getting some consistency in their performance. So I'll take that with the lack of consistency we're getting on the Newcastle side of things. So $1.55 with Blue Bet are the Cowboys. two thirty-five. Are the Newcastle Knights minus four and a half is the line there for that game? And moving on from Thursday night football back to the early six o'clock on Friday kicks off this week with the Warriors up against the West Tigers. Josh Curran is out up for a month after that horrible hyperextension of his mm. elbow. Why Rocco Berry failed his HIA, he's not been named. Marcelo mm. Montoya returns to take his place. Kane Evans is back in the starting side, Jazz Devunga. Back to the bench, and Jack Murchie gets a start in the back row with Bailey Searin out with a knee injury. For the Tigers, it's steady uh, as far as last week with that win. They've named the same 7 including Dewey sticking to the centres and by at 5-8. That paid off last week. Let's see if that is the case again this week. Brock, who do you like? I'm going the Warriors, but just based on what they did last week and the fact that the Tigers can't string two wins together... Yeah, I'm with you there. I think um, in terms of the bench, you know, having Walsh there, I'd still like them to make that change. But between Masilla, Harris, I think they've been good. Halves have been okay. Aiken will be better for the run. Pompey's been improving, and I'm more with you. I just I need to see it two weeks in a row. Yeah. If, uh, if I see that, I'll be more on board. Obviously, some real positives last week from the Tigers. Warriors with a slow start. Uh, the Tigers obviously looked to try and jump them like they did the Newcastle Knights, but... Let's see if they can put two back-to-back. And I guess not having any changes this weekend, you'd like to think that maybe a bit of continuity will do them some good. But the odds with Blue Bet, $1.51 favourite are the Warriors. At Central Coast, the Tigers, two fifty-five minus five and a half is the line in that game. And Friday night wraps up with the local <coughs> derby. It's the Sharks up against the Dragons. One side struggling horrendously. Showed a bit of fight last week. The Sharkies and the Dragons just been pounded with suspensions and injuries. So... 
fair bit of change, uh, I think, on the cards this week, but we'll get to that now. For the Sharks, no changes for the team last week. Sean Johnson injured his hamstring in training last week and obviously missed that game. It would have been his 200th game. He's named in the reserve, so there's a chance that he could be a late inclusion. But Moylan and Townsend for now are the halves. With the Dragons, Josh McGuire is out for five weeks with his suspensions. <coughs> Terrell Fuimahano, five weeks as well. Mikhaili Ravalawa, two weeks. Tarek Sims, one week. And all four entered the early guilty plea during Magic Brown to try and uh, just, you know, well, Stem cop, the flow. cop it on the chin. Matt Dufty also busted his shoulder, like we said. So Cody Ramsey gets his first crack in his natural position at fullback in first grade. Jordan Pereira returns from his suspension after that hit on James Tedesco on the wing. And Max Figuai is on the <laughs> other wing. Billy Burns comes into the centres for Fuimano, who's out. And the new back rowers are now Jackson Ford and Palasa Famasuli. So usually plays in the middle there, but getting a chance on the edge. Prop Jaden Hunt has been named to make his NRL debut from the bench, where he'll be joined by second gamer Junior Amone. Kate Ellis and Daniel Alvaro. So, Sharks are ever going to win one? This is it. So I'm going with them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going with you. I've got no idea. Only because of those heavy changes, but so it's listed as an away game for yeah, um, but it's the, an Strata. the Dragons. But really, it's a home game. Having yeah, you know, I get forward solid. You got Kerr on the other end. Farmer Sully starting to lock, but you're looking at your bench now, like a Monet utility Hunt. Ellis, Alvaro, basically all sort of play middle roles. Um, yeah, I don't know if they're going to be able to get enough on the bench. Look on the other side, as Paul has been playing, mm-hmm. surely with the bench of Williams, Fafida, Wilton, and the starting pack of Graham, Nakora, Rudolph, etc. You think you get <coughs> um, Yeah, not a whole lot of confidence, but I'm going to go the Sharks as well. And Blue Bet, they agree. $1.40 for the Sharks, two seventy for the injury and suspension. Hit Dragons, the line is minus 6.5. If there's one thing we do know, though, these games are always close. Mm. So no doubt that the Dragons will turn up and put up a hell of a fight. Titans-Bulldogs. SES, he's suspended for three weeks. Peachy got two weeks. They've reshuffled the pack. The Titans, Tino shifts to lock. And Mo Fotoeka moves in to start at prop. Sam Stone and Aaron Clark come onto the bench. Ash Taylor's been named among the reserves and may return from his injury. Tui Katoa for the Bulldogs. He will be sidelined after that high shot. Nick Meany moves out to the wing. And they have a debutante in the 19-year-old, Aaron Shoop, former Steelers junior. Shoopy. Mounties so, comes through the Mounties. Shoopy. With us, over. going really well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Well, he's a premiership winner with the Steelers set up a few years ago. A premiership. He premiership. He was bought by the Bulldogs after that uh, grand final win. So interesting to see him go. Good player. Dylan Good Napa. Player. He's back on the bench from his shoulder injury. Off of Higdy Ogden goes to the reserves. Matt Dory's into the starting side in the second row. Adam Elliott going back to the bench. And Jeremy Marshall King, foot injury. Josh Jackson, Calf and Hetherington are all at least a week away. So, again, uh, you've got a couple of guys out, but... Titans. You, you've got to win. <clears throat> Have to win. If you're going to win a game. So, Fita back or is he still out? No, it was a two-week suspension. Oh. Because they fought it and lost. Instead wow. of taking the one week, so that hurts. But blue bet, they've got the Titans. Which is horse shit. You shouldn't. You shouldn't get a penalty for contesting it. Yeah, you should either, the grade should either change or you get stuck with what you yeah. get for going to afford it. But uh, the Titans, a dollar eighteen favorite with blue bet four seventy five for the Bulldogs, minus twelve and a half is the line there. 
shan't be touching it, but it's one that we said the Titans most definitely have to get a result there. Roosters Broncos at the cricket ground at 5.30 on Saturday. Uh, despite uh, a lot of injuries, a bit of rest spot this week, they've been able to name the same 17, the Roosters. The only change in that 21-man squad this week has Fletcher Baker come into the reserves with Tapuka, Kahatu, Tapua going back out. And Satili Tupanura and Angus Crichton are free to pay. They were only given fines for their dangerous contact charges for the Bulldogs. Super League returnee Albert Kelly is into 5-8 after Kevin Walters has lost patience. <coughs> so Anthony Milford is out in other changes. Kenan Palacio will be in to play his second or his third game of his career after not playing since 2019 when he did his ACL and then last year obviously had COVID. Jordan Ricky obviously is out suspended. David Mead's back on the wing. Corey Oates is moved out. And hooker Kobe Hetherington won through their system. The son of former Origin rate Jason Hetherington. He's been named to make his NRL de- debut off the bench in place of Denny Levi. Herbie Farmworth has been uh, named despite being in the rehab group. And Dale Copley, who trained this week, provides backup in the reserves. So Tyson Gamble now with Albert Kelly. So another change in the halves this week. Mead in. Uh, Keenan Palazzi, like we said, named in the back row <clears throat> to start this week. Uh, they're still really holding off on giving Pai Kuru a game, aren't they? He keeps naming you every week. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, I think you're at a point right now with, Rolling with, out. with what you're playing. Give him a game. Maybe give him half a game. Yeah. Like, if... Keenan hasn't played basically all of last year with COVID, and he's started off well this year, I'm sure, and he's still young enough, but maybe give him half and half. Yeah. So he gets a bit of a taste. Um, is the Roosters the team to do it against? Who knows? But they've got Sam Walker out there every week as an 18-year-old playing up against the best teams in the competition. Right. So if he's uh, good enough, he's old enough, and you just paid him $400,000, $500,000, so you clearly think he's good enough, get him out in the field. Correct. Uh, I'll be interested to see if they make a late move for him, but time will tell. But I think this one's pretty straightforward. Roosters. Correct. Uh, I'm really interested to see how Sam Walker goes this week as well. Might want to prove a bit of a point. But let's see how they go. And Albert Kelly, when's the last time he would have played in the NRL? He went three or four years in the Super League on top of Titans. Yeah, how many long in the Super League do you reckon? Four years? Five years? I don't know. Played at Hull, didn't he? He's at least been <coughs> five, maybe five, six years removed from the NRL. It's been a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've spoken about it here before. Yeah, in, in, my, in my age group, he was the man. But we're a long way removed from that and his time in the NRL. Stint the Super League, the COVID year, off-season here. He'd be 31 now. But I'm trying to think the last time he played it. Has it been five years, six years? He's 30. Uh, Titans, 2014. 2014, yeah. So, it's so he's gone... Seven years. Two years at Hull KR, four years at Hull FC. Oh, he made the crosstown switch. Jeez. So there you go. It's been a long time, but interesting how it goes. But with Blue Bet, the Roosters' heavy favourites, $1.12, $6.25 for the Broncos, minus 18.5 is the line there. And Saturday night, what would usually be an absolute blockbuster, smashed with suspensions and uh, a couple of injuries. The Melbourne Storm up against the Canberraers at Geo Stadium. Uh, on the Canberra side of things, obviously, massive reshuffle. Jack White and Josh Parley and Josh Hodgson are all suspended. Sam Williams comes in to play 5-8. Dunamis Louis moves from lock to prop. And New South Wales Cup halfback Brad Schneider has been named to make his NRL debut off the bench with Hodgson out of the side. Hunted Young moves from the interchange to starting lock. 
And Ryan Sutton with his elbow, he's back from injury to fill an interchange role vacated. Joe Tapine, Jordan Rapana, CSLA, all at least another week away. And Captain Jared Croker has recovered from a shoulder injury, but will remain out indefinitely as he receives treatment for a knee issue. And on the Storm side of things, Pappenhausen's definitely going to be missing. Nico Hines plays fullback again. Chris Lewis is the surprise choice to partner in the halves. Jerome Hughes and Brandon Smith's suspension expired just at the right time. Obviously, with Smoothie doing his PCL last week, he comes straight into dummy half uh, with Harry Grant, obviously, and Munster still missing. And Riley Jacks drops out of the 21 with Aaron Penno promoted <clears throat> to the reserve. So Chris Lewis at six. That's interesting. Mm. Looking at the bench. That is interesting. And Jax is completely out of the side. Uh, and Penne on the be- actually on the bench. So he's got a full bench there of forwards. You've got Tommy Eisner, who filled in last week at nine when we lost players. He can sort of play everywhere. Back row, middle, edge. Kind of got that skill set. Penne, Tui, Nelson, they're definitely not getting dropped. Uh, the only late change really is to get there when you look at the bench between Aaron Booth, Cooper Johns, Trent Lario, Aaron Meyer would be if he played Cooper Johns in the halves. But... Chris Lewis. Yeah, yeah, there'll be some changes there, I would, would imagine. That's interesting. Um, he might throw Cooper Johns onto the bench. Storm down there. Storm missing those three players is huge. I'm sure they'll be fired it's not up. down there. It's in Canberra. Yeah, it's all right. In mm. Canberra, down there, out there. Um, they'll be fired up for it, as they always are. There's always a bit of feeling between these two teams. But you take those troops out, the form they've had. Melbourne have just been ticking along. Hines has been outstanding in the games he's filled in. Hughes has been solid. Smith back in with Smoothie out makes a big difference, but uh, the forward pack, like we said, um, been great. Dale being back in now, having Nelson and Tui back on the bench for impact, and I think Welch in particular, like form last year defensively and all the bits and pieces he does are outstanding, but the offload that he's developed, he's popping two or three every week now. He's generating some really good second phase play, so uh, like the Storm this one, as does Bluebet, $1.13 favourite, $6.00. For the Canberra Raiders and minus seven and a half is the line. Seven and a half. And the blockbuster early Sunday game, Panthers South at Apex mm. Oval in Dubbo. We have the return of Latrell Mitchell. Cody Walker back to five eight. Benji back to the bench utility role. Mansour's back from injury in the lineup, meaning Tane Milne drops out of the twenty one. And there's movement on the interchange. Jacob Host makes a return. Hame Sele and Jed Cartwright drop out to free up the bench spot for Benji Marshall. And yeah. Jaden Sewer and Dane Gagai uh, were both only fine, so able to play this week. Kurt Catewell returns this week after his head knock, and he pushes Liam Martin back to the interchange, and Jermaine Hopgood, the debutante from last round, back to the reserves. Matty Burton once again holds onto his spot in the centres with Momorowski having to wait in the reserves, and Leota and Edwards obviously just got fines for their dangerous contact and contrary conduct charges, and they'll both be playing this weekend. Uh... Cody Walker going back to the halves and the trail going back to fullback. Huge difference. <clears throat> Sue not get suspended is obviously a good thing. Uh, but yeah, I'm still confident in the Penrith side of things. It's one of these games, I guess, where we look at Souths again and go with the Storm situation. Uh, we need to see a better 80 minutes up yeah. against a, a quality opponent. So for Penrith, you're basically back to almost best case scenario, I guess. Liam Martin goes back to that role on the bench where they can use him as a middle or an edge, yep. depending on what they need. Matty Eisner has just been doing a job. Sorensen May, they're probably one one middle short again. Spencer is in the reserves. That surprises me. Last few weeks, he's sort of been in and out. 
Um, don't know <clears throat> quite what's going on there. I thought he was starting to make a bit of an impression mm. for a few weeks there. But, yeah. Blue bet, they agree. The Penrith Panthers are $1.30. South Sydney, $3.50, minus 10.5. The line in that one. And the last game of the round, another blockbuster clash. The Eels up against Parramatta, 4 o'clock, Bankwest Stadium, hopefully. A corker, only one change to the 17. Joey Lussick comes on to the interchange bench. Ray Stone drops back to the reserves. Mitchell Moses, who left late last week, has been named despite potential foot injury. Parada <coughs> Neocore, Dylan Brown have both got a week and two weeks respectively left to serve. And for the Manly side, Des Hasler has got Cade Cust in at 5'8 to replace Kieran Foran. And Josh Schuster stays in the back row spot. Foran's expected to miss two to four weeks. Tapau is named at prop. Kepi back to the bench, but they could swap as they did last time. And Zach Sadler is the new face on the bench. Dylan Walker, Curtis Sirenen have also had their return dates pushed back to round 14. What are you thinking here, Boxhead? Para. You got Parramatta? Bankwest, but uh, merely going great. I've been going just, on... I just want to belt a game. Yeah, I want to build a game as well. I think uh, Arthur will get a much better test this week mm. in terms of uh, what he's up against, playing his second game of NRL. Obviously going to be huge being back at home, really good environment. Uh, I'm going to ride the hot hand. I'm going to get Manly. Not with a whole lot of confidence, but uh, they come up short against Penrith. Things have been going pretty good for him. I don't mind Cust coming in, uh, in all honesty. And daytime game, hopefully dry conditions. We'll see plenty of football power. I like to move the ball around. Mm. Man, they've been moving around after they've got a bit of go forward and uh, both forward packs are doing well. So that should be a good clash as well. But look at the odds for this one. Thanks to Blue Bet for our last game of this round. Uh, and the odds, Parramatta. $1.44 favourites, two eighty for Manly. Minus 7.5 is the line there. So of all the games, the only Good one line. only we've got different is the last one. And yeah, I don't mind that line if uh, the way Manly's been going. So there you go. Big thanks to Bluebet, big thanks to Penrith Solar Centre, and big thanks to everybody out there. Again, listening to the fifth and last NRL podcast, rate and review us on iTunes. Any questions, hit us in the inbox. Jump in the discussion group. Plenty of good conversation going on there. Lots of fans interacting and come up with some good points and uh, good discussion. It's good yep. to see you always. And uh, as always, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, not so much. Don't really go on there because don't have a lot of photos to show, especially of our two melons. Um, inbox us when we get back to you as we do. Bit of a shout out for Patrick Skinny who sent us a copy of the Big O, the Life and Times of Olson Filippino. Yeah, so he's the author of that book. Go and grab it at any good bookstore um, and support people who are writing and put the time into uh, our great game. So I've just started the book and um, Olson Filippino is someone that was before our time a little, so um, a little bit enigmatic and um, I'm enjoying it. It's a bit of the old school rugby league and. Patrick sent us some nice comments saying that he listens to the show and he learns something new every week and um, he just wanted us to have a, a read of the book. So hopefully we can line a time up after we've had a squizzy at it and get him on and have a yarn. That'd be that'd be good. Yep. Shout out to Pat. And uh, yeah, also Philippine. I've heard some stories. Again, like you said before, my generation, but heard some bits and bobs there on the Channel on Wild World of Sports, some of the older guys talking about uh, what a hell of a player he was and yeah. a bit of a character as well. So... There you go. Get yourself on board with that. That wraps us up for another week. Thanks to everybody out there. Thank you to Penrose Solar Center. Thank you to Bluebet. If you're looking to get a solar system, there is none better than Penrose Solar. If you're going to have a bet, 
<laughs> do it with a true boot Aussie bookie download that today go on to the website bluebet.com.au support them because they support us and our charity Bears of Hope and more importantly for everybody out there we hope you are keeping well staying safe hopefully still enjoying the show and uh, you know enjoy your week Enjoy your progress. Make sure you lower your tackle target. Mate, if you're going to go in hard this week, get them around the legs, all right? Or in the bread basket, don't go for the chest. The target will slip up. Jeez, my wife's got to turn the heater on. I'm fucking cooking it here. I'm hot Sweating up. The answer is the heater. I am perspirating from the chrome dome. There is a lot of glow coming off this She doesn't have as much meat on the bones. Oof. Enjoy your week, everyone, and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.